What's up, everyone? It's 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon, which means you're tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News. I'm producer Lauren, and today we're joined by Adelia Carello from Event High. But first, we do have to get into a little bit of cannabis legalization news. So, Miggy and Tom, how are you guys doing? It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. How are you? Because it's, it's legalization news at oh, 2 o'clock yeah. on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? I, I had conversations today with one of my accountants who uh, was facing and like I was facing as well, just like on the date. It's like, oh, but is this the first? No. What day is it? Uh, you know, just one of those, because every day is the same under the dome. I was telling Laura that this helps me keep my shit together. Mm-hmm. Wednesdays and Sundays. But we're going to talk about some good stuff because it's going to be about how to plan a cannabis event. And I think yeah. that's something that everybody needs right now is planning a cannabis event. If you're planning one. Remember to bring cannabis to your cannabis event. Always helps. Otherwise, it's just an event. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, even if it's a private party, right? Uh, yeah. It should really only be a private party. I don't know of any type of cannabis license that's out there that allows you to have like a cannabis event where you can vend. So, like, if you go to Lollapalooza or Coachella or whatever music festival you like, and you buy a beer, it's not like that was so impossible to do to buy a beer but that that person who sold you that beer clearly had a license to do so and so you know where is the cannabis uh, vending license so like you could get a cannabis event license think yeah. about that that would be pretty cool but in like illinois we don't have it yet because there is no such thing as a public space anymore uh but we have stuff in our law about keeping uh cannabis public so like you could actually go to a place to consume cannabis not right now nobody can go anywhere to do anything it's at home but um in washington state is that completely prohibited well so like uh the seattle um in seattle i know the apartment uh, association hotel association uh, they put out that it's up to the hotels themselves' discretion. I know of some hotels that allow cannabis smoking in them, and B and Bs, right? Uh, some are allowed, some aren't. So it's discretionary. But the the law itself says no public space, right? You're not allowed to smoke out, you know. And there's no provisions for privacy, which is kind of ridiculous. But right, we'll get there. Hey, speaking of events, though, I, I wanted to share something with you. Uh, Seattle Hempfest shared a 1979 video of a smoking in Seattle. This is pre Hempfest. Pre-Hempfest days. Well, that was. I wonder if they were selling cannabis in Seattle in 1979 at the farmers market. <laughs> well, and this is a new story. Sun. Look at those people sunning themselves. I think Seattle. I think the weather that we have outside. It's just pure rain. Yeah. Well, so do I. Hey, this is being sluggish. I'll just stop sharing it now. <laughs> but uh, so people smoking weed in the sun. Yeah. In, in Seattle, sunny, beautiful Seattle. Uh, but just like Hempfest that you experienced, you know, we uh... it was a it was a Seattle day. I mean, it wasn't that hot. It was kind of sunny. Uh, it was nice to have the tents there. Definitely. Well, the big secret is we have the best summers, but nobody can experience them now. Hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we will get out of this dome one day. I was looking at the uh, the chart about the uh, we're definitely on the downward slope of this. I'm just hoping hopeful that uh, the eco- economic damage hasn't been too bad and that we get a vaccine fairly quickly do you think this is going to happen to do anything for the anti-vaxxers oh shit man i i think there's so many uh people questioning their beliefs in the government itself but uh you know we're slowly going to get involved into because now here in washington we're going to be opening up golf courses and trails okay so i think the new norm you know as far as events goes you know there's gonna be mass you know there's gonna be people sitting six feet apart you know there's gonna be a whole not like that cluster that I just kind of witnessed where it was like everybody hanging out, you know, up on each other, which, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to miss those events. You know, I, my kids will never experience Lollapalooza or. Uh, I don't know about that, man. Uh, come on. We, we got well, Black Plague. We got over smallpox. I mean, the quicker we have a vaccine, the quicker we just go back to living on this rock, circling the earth and having the time of our lives. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, the vaccine would be immediate. And, and obviously, people like people. People need to be uh, social, right? We need to Preach. be around each other. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, even after the, the online fades away, when we can be more in person, I think online will still stay. Like, this oh, is the internet, always... the internet is it's just more in the future. I mean, like, you, the technology doesn't go backwards. You know, yeah. it's not like records are going to suddenly come around and revolutionize everything. No. It's going to be something that's like way more complicated that we just do not have the ability to have right now. And that's just how technology has always been. Like this show could not have existed in 1987. 
Well, yeah, the fact that we live in two different states. Yeah, the fact that, you know, like the, between you, me, Lauren, and our guest, we're in uh, all four different locations. Yeah, yeah, we got it covered up. The okay. country. I like doing it. But, like, it was any any actual news in cannabis? Because I didn't see much this week. No, there was. So, uh, you know, uh, Lebanon is the first uh, Arabian state country to legalize it. I had no idea Lebanon legalized it. They did. And okay. we're still America. But that's all right. Go to Lebanon. I'm very, very yeah. proud of that. And then uh, in Colorado, the uh, the second dispensary is uh, th- doing deliveries. So, again, I wish the Washington State LCB would get their shit together. And well, that's who controls it over there. That's true. But then they have that provision now introduced in Illinois as well. And it depends on when the legislature start getting back to, to work. And always I see the dis- delivery tied not as like a transporter, but as the dispensary. So the dispensary would then be able to have the extension of delivery. But you would just think in these emerging times, we can accommodate certain aspects. People are going to smoke weed, period. Well, not only that, let me tell you about the last time I picked up some medicine from my local dispensary. I had to do the social distancing things. They even had us waiting in our cars. Now, if they can, and I'm allowed, like we were talking about how in Illinois, we have awesome websites where you can order your cannabis right online and then you go pick it up. Uh, so that, that whole hiccup that I had to go and then it was a line, that would be gone if there was delivery because I put my order in and then uh, I, I ordered. And so I guess it would be cash on delivery, right? But if it's an extension of the dispensary, that's who I purchased it from. Of course, then you have the problem of like, did that guy just give that guy $400 cash? Let's yeah. chat. You know, so that, that does kind of suck. I mean, that's definitely the, uh, you know, there are some banking, ask, you know, uh, outlets for these people, but they're right. not all guaranteed is the unfortunate part. And another reason why the Safe Banking Act is important. Safe Banking Act is super important. And if uh, Mitch McConnell isn't in charge in the Senate after the election and this Donald Trump, uh, how would we, get, we, we best describe in our nation's history the Donald Trump era? The Donald Trump... You know, I, here, 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 here's the best way to explain the, the Trump era, right? Uh-huh. I used I used to be very uh, self conscious about the way I speak. Well, you know that's why I don't do speeches. I don't hang out on top of the stage. I, I kind of get a little stage fright, right? Then after you hear him speak, I'm like, holy shit! I can't fuck this up. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, how fuck? I could be so fucking dumb and out there speaking. Like, I'm gonna. And I'm not gonna tell people to drink bleach. I'm, I'm just not gonna be like put sunlight inside and kill viruses. And I'll have full coherent senses because it'll be like, hey, how are you? Have a nice day. I did this. Now I'm going to go home. Have, have not, 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 I'm the best of everything. You know, Dr. Uh, Trump. No error. And then if anybody goes against me, I fire them. So that's why, like, uh, he's got, like, the fourth string on his team in the administration because, like, nobody who is reputable would work with that guy. And, and that's so, it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be the opposite of Biden, who's effectively just going to be, like, a blind robot. Well, uh not robot, but it's like a, a blind gaff machine, just just there. And then he'll say, like, but my team is so much better than theirs. And if it's a bad recession and if coronavirus rears its head again in October, that could be the best thing for the Safe Banking Act, to be quite honest. I mean, if if what happens is then it's a, uh, in a Democratic administration and the Senate is now Chuck Schumer's the majority leader as opposed yeah. to uh, Mitch McConnell. Whoa! I think that would really help the safe banking act. Or, or what if just, just, just pull this one out of the ass? You know, Trump read an article and it's like, you know what? Ninety percent Americans, or more than sixty percent Americans, are pro marijuana. How about I just release all the pot prisoners and push that safe banking act through? I swear to God, I'd vote for him next. I, I would. Well, I, I don't know what's going to happen this fall, but very often, marijuana is not an issue at all in the presidential election. And so if that could actually be an issue this this time, that would be fantastic. And that's why I was really upset. And I was a Bernie Sanders supporter, not just because of single issues, you know, but um, because I'm a single issue. (laughs) I, I, I will single issue unvote for you. Like, you know, and so like if you don't support cannabis legalization, I'm not going to vote for you. But I'm not a single issue voter like i i care about more than just the the cannabis you know 
I just, in my personal, I think the cannabis uh, the, the, is the one law we could fix that would create a domino effect of social issue problems in our country, which, oh, yeah. you know, it's the one cure for cancer. It's like everybody expecting a vaccine. We know we're, we're learning that science takes time. <laughs> uh, science has always taken time, but never so little. You see, that's one of the beautiful things about being alive right now is that we can cluster hive, well, hive cluster, whatever, our intelligence and, and focus our science faster than we've ever been able to do before on a particular problem. And this time, the particular problem is this coronavirus. And, and I'm really excited to see how quickly we get to that vaccine. Uh, and you know that that's going to be big news, and so oh, of course it that's going to be huge news, and that's going to be um, a return of confidence in humanity to a large extent. And I okay. hope we don't go back. And then you know we learn about how these uh, viruses arise, and we learn that it's it's animal passing to animal that mutates into a human. Then and then we're very concerned about how our meat supply is handled, so that it doesn't. There's a lot of things to consider as far as how this thing spread. And I, like you said, uh, you know, we're adapting and we'll always adapt, just kind of like how we do with the, with the events. You know, we're going to be online for a while. You know, You're, you'll join a Zoom with 20 people. Feel like the Brady Bunch. Oh, gosh, I just dated myself with a Brady Bunch reference. Oh, no, dude, we date ourselves all the time, dude. If anything gets rebooted, that would not surprise me. Like this fall on ABC, the Brady Bunch. I mean, I, I could see that. Can you imagine a Brady Bunch in a fucking quarantine issue, though? You got eight motherfuckers all together. Like, somebody's going to die. <laughs> yeah, because they always say don't play, play ball in the house. I'm just saying. Or, or, or that, you know, was it? Uh, Hashberry. I, goddamn, I'm so old. I got all the episodes in my head. And... Yep, because it used to be on day, daytime television when I didn't go to school. Oh, man. You know, this is uh, not, this is exactly a time of stuff when you need cannabis event to start planning because we're rehashing old Brady Bunch episodes. How do we make the best cannabis event possible? Yeah. How do you draw the eyes to your event? You know, uh, and then you promote it. I think uh, we have somebody on who might have an answer to that. Delia, what's going on? Good. How are you guys? Good. Good. Can you tell us a little bit about Event High? Um, so Event High is an online ticketing platform uh, catering to the cannabis culture. Uh, we provide event hosts with a safe hosting platform to sell tickets and sponsorships for their cannabis related events while creating a marketplace for event goers and brands to find these events. How old are you guys? The idea evolved in back in 2015, 2016. Uh, it took about a year to find an actual bank that we could, because we wanted to be completely transparent with what we were doing. Um, so it took about a year to find a bank that would work with us. And then we officially launched our private beta in 2018 and then our public beta in 2019. So when you were finding that bank to work with you, can you describe uh, some of the hoops and hurdles that you had to go through to even try to find a bank in California, no less, you know? Just one go after another. You know, you start the conversation first with we're a software company and you ease them into catering to the cannabis industry just to, so you can educate them on the whole approach of what you're going to be doing um, and just that simple word, no, 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 it doesn't matter that you're software. Um, it honestly is timing in how it worked out with us. Um, we actually were able to, and we can actually say it uh, publicly because we came out with the, um, in California at, a, at, a, at an event with the CEO of this bank. It's the um, Partner Colorado Credit Union. Um, they were actually doing a pilot program in California and we were one of the first uh, software companies that they, agreed to work with. And after that year, it worked out well that we are still able to um, maintain and, and work with them and keep the uh, keep our account. I mean, you guys are filling in a, a much needed niche in the cannabis world because just like social media is against it, brown paper tickets and all the other, uh, well, not brown paper, I don't think so much, but other ticket agencies have been counseling uh, uh, people setting up their events and whatnot. And then the fact that you're just cannabis forum only is great because now it gives people a central point to look at. What uh, You guys just had High Day. What was that about? 
oh, High Day, essentially Event High is just the software company. Um, but we started doing community give back events uh, just to help with our, like to bring our team together, to help bring our local communities together. And High Day essentially was supposed to be in person. We wanted all of our event hosts in over 37 states to do an event where they gave back, whether it's cleaning up, uh, you know, beach cleanups, uh, feeding the homeless. Um, this was in April. We did not want to promote a in-person gathering, so we pivoted the idea to online. And High Day was a 24-hour um, event that we had event hosts perform each a one-hour event. And in return, we were, you know, campaigning to remind people to stay home. We were helping to raise funds to provide to some of these event hosts, and then we also ended up donating the rest of the proceeds to Mama's Kitchen, uh, which provides food to those who are unable to access food right now. That's fantastic, you know. Thanks for giving back to the community. Now, the other stuff that you guys do, I'm assuming is it's it's ticketing to events. So like you don't actually sell the cannabis at all. All right, but then why would it be so hard for you to find a bank if you're not actually touching the plant? Transaction, they look at, you know, look at a Eventbrite. Um, so their credit card processor or and their bank, they look at a cannabis um, event as a prohibited event, a prohibited merchant and a prohibited transaction. Uh, we may be in the tier two, so we're not tier one because we aren't, we don't physically touch the plant, but we still are catering to that space where that money still can come from a plant touching company. Me too. I, I still get the same problem because we're trying to help the plant. And so if you're trying to help the plant, bad person can't get the banking. Well, I'm glad that you were able to find it. And so uh, as you pivoted uh, to more online and you know digital, uh, why don't we go back to like how things used to be and how they'll get back to again? Because this is probably you know one aspect. I'm sure you still will have webinars in the future. But how would we use your software to, uh, to promote our cannabis event? So essentially, you would just go to Event High and create an account and then click create and just fill out your upcoming event. It goes over, you know, the event name description, if you have ticket sales um, and all the necessary information that you would want um, potential event goers to know. And then it'll go live. If it's a public event, it'll be uh, placed in our marketplace and promoted to all of our network and online community. Um, if it's private, you know, we respect your privacy of wanting to keep it private so it doesn't get the marketing uh, presence as our public events do. Um, and then someone just creates an account and selects the event and purchases. Yeah, that's and how I that's found out. That's how I found out about you guys. My friend uh, from uh, Blazing Washington uh, used you guys for his first online event and it really had nothing but great uh, uh, things to say about the experience that he had with you guys. So, you know, good on you. But uh, also, um, how how does because that's the great part about it you sign up for free you know as it's free for to be a small timer but uh if i do charge tickets is that how event high makes his money do you get a percentage of the tickets processing fee so we have a processing and transaction fee um but there's no other like hidden fee like there's no onboarding fee there's no membership it's really just goes to um if there's a ticket sale or sponsorship sale then we make a percentage of that so you offer more than just ticket sales. You offer different types of packages? For if you're hosting an event, uh, if you have a sponsorship deck, we will help uh, provide you again with a safe hosting platform to sell your sponsorship packages to brands that are looking to sponsor the event or exhibit. What kind of events have you had on the app? We have had you know, all kinds of different events, to be honest, ranging from workshops to festivals to um, dinners, you know, ganja yogas, uh, one was called like a sushi yoga. and do. So like if you wanted to teach a class, Tom teaches you doobie roll. Go to this, this event, you know, uh, bring your own, I, I'll provide the papers, but that's it. You know, I'm not gonna you know, bring your own herb. Uh, and and I could teach doobie rolling and charge like three bucks or something. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know back what I'm doing. <laughs> it goes back to the experience and what you're providing. So yeah, it's like there's a variety of different ways, um, but anything works. There's even, we saw one where it had to do more about religious. So it was like a Bible study uh, with cannabis. So yeah, you can really mix anything. Just bring people together, that vibe around cannabis and doing a, a, any kind of activity. 
uh, outside of that. Providing that platform for a calendar for someone to reference, but also providing the uh, the ticket processing thing. That's a huge thing because, I mean, you already went through it with the banking. And uh, I can imagine every other person doing events or, you know, because the cannabis events have always been the way that cannabis sells, you know, at least the, the recreational side of things. And, you know, on the non-recreational side, the traditional side, it's always been like, uh, what is it, um, down the Emerald, the Emerald Cup, you know, events like that have been the, the, the underground way of people networking. And selling their wares, you know, and uh, what has what have you seen so far of the online transition? Has there been uh, more people actively doing things or I imagine people are starving for just things to do right now? In the beginning, it was kind of like a little bit of a learning lesson of trying to figure out how to move forward. Um, but as as you know, this kind of progressed, uh, people are now getting creative at the different experiences. It's not just like a workshop or a webinar. It's not just for business now. You know, they are creating these unique experiences online. Um, like there's puffing painting, pay, yeah, puffing and painting, uh, which again, you're consuming at your house, you're painting with the artist. Um, there's people singing. There's just so many different things that they're doing to not only engage with people, but bring them together online. Hmm. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And, it's, and it sounds like it's an extremely flexible develop, uh, application because it's not just one type of event at all. I mean, it's it's pretty much anything. If I had a musical event or if I was promoting a, and smoke weed at this tent. No, did you buy the did you buy the ticket? You can't go to that tent then. You know, that's that's fun. Have you? Uh, uh, first off, was that your baby? Is she okay or he? Oh yeah. <laughs> I got two. I, I, got three. I was hoping that my earphones would block that. Um we have a full house right now. We have a lot of our family staying with us uh during this time. But see, I was gonna lead yeah. into my question as far as like what interesting things have you seen as far as like you know, now we're in this virtual world. So has like a spouse walked by naked and like, oh shit, you know, has something like that surprisingly happened in your events so far? Uh-huh. That actually, that I know of, I, I it could have, it, it definitely could have happened, you know, uh, with the events, but I haven't heard any feedback from any event hosts or attendees yet. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw, but Good Morning America, one of the hosts forgot to put on pants, or he actually he thought he was only viewed from the top up, but it was like down from his knees up. And... Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, was, uh, I had a court hearing this morning. I was in pajamas. I was on the phone. No. Uh, now, if I would have like been in front of Your Honor and, and, and a camera. Probably would have put on a shirt and tie. Yeah. You know, I, I think this whole COVID experience has taught us the lack of need for clothes, except for being in front of a camera or an event. Well, I think it's also really uh, turned us into a world where we now realize that we can interact with the world through this. And before, we were always a little bit hesitant toward that. And people like us on our show, that we, we started doing this in February of 19 because I was, you know, a starving uh, entrepreneur just in my first year of uh, practice. And, uh, and, I, and I've known Mickey for about 10 years. And I'm like, well, you know, evidently we were allowed to do this. Uh, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I got my lunch break. I'll just uh, talk about weed with you for an hour. I'm like, all right. It worked. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, what do you advice do you have for, like, people like who want to kick off a virtual event? What do you, uh, is there any, uh, you know, to-dos and don'ts? First thing is um, honestly looking at the event you are doing. Not every in-person event can go online. Um, You know, there's a lot of things that come into it. So first you have to create a game plan. Uh, Every event should have a strategy, whether online or offline. Uh, But you definitely want to have what is your goal? What is the value you're providing? Um, Choose the right time. You know, now we are dealing with a variety of different time zones. Uh, people aren't flying to your event. You're, they're not all going to be there. Um, so, you know, maybe just having an understanding of when you're going to have where your audience is mostly coming from, or at least having the feature to where it's recorded and they can actually go watch it if they missed anything. Um, then it's also about, you know, technology. Technology, I think, is the biggest thing. Everybody's streaming and online, and you know, you have schools utilizing these platforms as well. You have companies utilizing them. So, um, checking your own technology with the Wi-Fi, the browsers you're using, 
and also your guests, your speakers, making sure they're doing the same. You're doing rehearsals with them to make sure they understand these platforms. You're sending as much information to your attendees because if they have to download an app or if they have an old browser that's not updated, A, they're going to get frustrated because they don't know how to get in now and, and it's going to be all delayed. So just communicating about all the different technology aspects um, and then thinking about the engagement. How are you going to engage with all them throughout the event? Uh, polls, um, asking them questions, maybe bringing them on camera, just finding ways to get them engaged because we're also competing. You know, yeah. crying babies, dogs, mm -hmm. my emails are right in front of me. Like we can get so much more distracted than if I was in front of you at your guys' event. I, you'd have more, you'd be able to, I'd be able to focus more, you know, just being at your event. Now I'm surrounded by everything else. So no, it's true. Those are some ones. Yeah. And then, because uh, my friend, I, uh, his second event, his first one, you know, just trying to touch base with people, create that, like, get used, like you said, work the quirks out, the technical things, and he's getting better with it. And then on the second one, he's like, uh, what he's been doing is pizzas. Like every half hour, hour, he'll give away a pizza, uh, you know, do a raffle, order it to their house. That's kind of cool. And then the other thing is uh, uh, turn them on to bingo, like online bingo. We're engaging with uh, other people. So uh, what are the types of ways you see people engaging like game-wise or? One was really cool where they were actually, even before the event started, you know, they said, this is the, this is what I'm gonna be cooking. You can either order it pre-cooked, already cooked from this place, or you can go and get the ingredients from this place and we'll have it delivered. Um, so you have like kind of like the pre-menu and then you get to be a part of the cooking class uh, and cook with the chef or just have the food already made. That mm. I thought was perfect. It was, you're, you're, as soon as you bought the ticket, you're getting this experience before the event even started. Yeah. Um, there's another one coming up for Mother's Day. It's called the Canna Mommy Virtual Spa Day. And um, you're, depending on which state you're in, um, you'll either get a cannabis uh, THC box or a CBD box, Ooh. and it'll have a variety of different items so that you can participate with each of the speakers. One's like a face mask, so you'll be able to put the face mask on as she's talking you through the experience, um, making a mixed uh, CBD mocktail. Um, mm. So that was pretty cool too. Yeah, so people are just thinking out of the box, just trying to associate. It's yeah. awesome. That's really cool. And then it, it sounded like when you were explaining how to do that right, it was like, man, She's like talking about how we onboard our guests. Like they come in and they go, okay, no, check it. It's like, what, what, you're going to use your phone? Okay, well, what's your iOS uh, number? Oh, you got to update it. And so like we would, because as we're having uh, guests come on to talk about their business in the cannabis industry and, and you know, see what they're up to, uh, yeah, there would be failures. We're like, oh, crap, it's, it's Wednesday at 2.30. Eh, we only have four subscribers, you know. <laughs> yeah, but that's really, really sweet. And then uh, it looks like in the in the site that I'm at, and it's uh, event.io, if you guys are out there trying to go right now and play with it because you're watching this on a browser and there's a whole bunch of other windows that you can get, as, as you were mentioning, you know, they're competing with other people's attention. Uh, what's the difference between when you're trying to make a virtual event or when you're trying to make an actual event feature-wise? Actually, um because all of this is new, we didn't put too much thought into virtual events, to be honest, before this. We knew they were happening, um, but our main focus was the in-person events. So as of three, you know, two weeks ago, uh, we have our tech team actually transitioning to build features specifically for online events. Uh, right now, what we're asking event hosts to do is actually we're onboarding them ourselves. So we can actually build it out correctly to state it's an online event. Um, because if you think about it too, and you're buying a ticket now and it's for an online event. And if you don't, if the event goer doesn't get information right away, they could either just start questioning like, what did I just buy? Or what did I just RSVP to? So we just want to make sure there's information provided of, hey, you're going to get a, another email from the event host 48 hours beforehand, or this is the link you're going to go to at the event start date. Um, so those features are actually in the process of being developed specifically for online events. That's fascinating. It sounds like COVID-19 is literally influencing software development. Yeah. And also the, the experience of how they set up their events. Like my buddy who uh, on his first event didn't put the Zoom link. And so there was that follow-up email that was sent from your company. And I'm like, hey, dude, 
you forgot to include a super however now people don't want to go clicking 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 to, to find a place they sign up one time and they click one time that's what they want to do <laughs> they don't need to hunt your shit out not unless you're like snoop dogg or something right then you're like i really want to see him get high i mean you can just youtube it but yeah yeah i bet i bet we could probably youtube snoop dogg smoking weed and watch like a different clip of snoop dogg smoking weed for like at least four hours uh, you know, just with all the content that's out there, the amount of content that's out there is mind-boggling. You know. Yeah, and then that, and that's where okay, actually that? he was in front of the White House or in front of oh, the, yeah, yeah. The White House. yeah. I just saw that one again yesterday. So yeah, as you're, speak, you're speaking about it, I'm like, yep, that was that happened yesterday too. I saw one. Because <laughs> each person, you know, the thing about content now is everybody's creating their own. Everybody's a content creator. Everybody's something, but. Unless you have an actual thing to draw, like uh, my friend's second one who had a who when he said it was a successful event, I was like, hey, you should have recorded it and put it on YouTube because people like to be a part of things, you know, even if you uh, edit it. Like some of the things I've been a part of um, uh, telling uh, Lauren, I was on a video that had 27 million views. But the thing was, it's a it was an eight hour shoot for a goddamn 10 minute video, <laughs> you know. So if you do a session for three hours. Take the highlights, put it on YouTube. People enjoy watching that shit and smoking with you. Mm -hmm. Very true. Something else. So what were some of the marquee events that's going through the event.io platform for 2020 after we're able to have events again? Well, there's a few, you know, expos and conferences that we are seeing. However, what I what we are really thinking is. I mean, I guess you're saying after 2020, but a few things before that. Um, I think we're going to see an influx of small, intimate gatherings when things start opening up. We're not going to see big events for a while um, in this space, uh, in any space, really, uh, that's catering to events. Um, I think next year we'll start to see all those festivals coming back online. Um, you know, even what Coachella, I think they mentioned they were going virtual. Uh, I'm wondering we'll if we start to see the same, you know, with like MJ BizCon or even the Emerald Cup or. Um, oh, they have to. They have to go virtual. Well, and I think. Then this we get engaged. Yeah. yeah. In this yeah. format, I think it'd be more professional than it will be uh, a party, you know? I mean, of course, everybody's going to have their own personal space weed, but, you know, if you're going to join a group of like 20, 30 people, you're there to for a reason, content and, and to gain knowledge. And there's a lot of knowledge when you go to these events, right? Like socializing and talking. That's it. It's about the people that you meet at those events. And now, you I mean, you're still going to go to like virtual BizCon for the same point, like to meet people. But I just think it's more difficult to meet people just, you know, as opposed to like centered it around some type of content. So if the speaker was on the Zoom call uh, or the panelists were on the Zoom call and then after the panel would end, they could start breaking up. But it just with a Zoom call, you can only have like uh, like this call, like. If you guys started talking as well, it would just, bleh, it would be crap. Uh, yeah. like you really can only have one person talking at once, and then somebody else has to talk, and somebody else. And so it can just be very difficult to start having, like, side conversations. So that watch out for that being a development on Zoom calls. So it's like, hey, do you want to take this to a, a sidebar or something? And then, then two people could just spin off into their own conversation. I went to a one, uh, to an event that was a... It's a, it was a virtual event and it had tables. So you, when you log in, um, you you get placed at a table and you can literally table hop and nice. network. It That's was interesting. Smart. Like I've never experienced that before. Um, they're actually hosting another event coming up in the next few weeks. But it was. I thought that was really interesting. It, that's a format of tech meeting like as far as the startups go uh the same mj uh marijuana venture would do their business like just like that with tables here in seattle and i think they travel around but to see an online format like that is pretty fucking awesome like that's the format you want because it's like that one-to-one -one you're talking about tom that's yeah. it right there you know people trying to sell the wares and the great thing about you're talking about earlier adelia is you can be local or national right if you're trying to promote something no. And that is the benefit of this right now is we are able to connect with anyone anywhere. Yeah. Well, like Mickey and I have had people on from India. We've had people on from Australia. And then I just translated my website uh, this week. So uh, there's some plugins that are out there. And again, you know, it, we're kind of techie here. And then we were just talking about like an advancement in 
in some type of online meeting software, which we'll probably start seeing. In, in the, and so uh, it's always kind of cool to be on the leading edge of 2020. And so now uh, one of the things in the Google search algorithm is time that you've been there. And so if I've translated my website into every uh, language uh, all over the country, all over the globe, and people start searching about cannabis legalization or cannabis laws in, in Mongolia, they're going to find my page. It's it's hilarious. I wonder how long it's going to take before I'm banned in China. Oh, shit. Hey, Delia, somebody says the UK needs you. John P. Wright, but you had a guest from the UK in your uh, high day show, didn't you? Your high day event? So one of the upsides to online events for us specifically is we can actually work now globally for online events. In-person events, we still have to only cater to the um, to the US market right now. Um, we were able to have conversations with our bank where it was okay. They still will provide us a safe hosting platform, but it was just an interesting conversation to have. So we can actually cater um, outside the US for online events specifically. Nice, and so you're not blocked by a VPN or whatnot, or a wall, firewall or some shit. We are aware of, I mean, I'm not the tech side, so. Right, well, I'll like in, yeah. in Canada, uh, there's a Reddit subreddit, uh, Canadian Moms, which stands for Marijuana Online Mail Order. And in the Canadian Recreational, their, their law is all um, online orders. There's no stores, right? And so they're trying to crack, crack down on the, uh, the the black market, the the traditional market. And and some of those are brick and mortar too, who jump on the online thing and go through the subreddit, but they're blocked in Canada, the subreddit, but not everywhere else. And, and so that's great that you're not blocked. You know, of course, Tom will be blocked in China eventually. Well, that's the, that was kind of like my point. Like I wanted to be blocked from China. Ban me, China, I dare you. Getting blocked by China is like getting blocked by Kevin Sabat. It's a rite of passage, I'm just right. saying. I'm sorry that I tried to bring freedom to your land. Can I also tell you about basic sanitation with your animal slaughtering? Yeah. But, you know, and then, uh, well, here we are getting mad at China for, you know, having sanitation problems that lead to like novel viruses. But at the same time, think about how fast they've spurred the software development of having online uh, conferences and civilizations so that you, you can interact on a global basis without having to really uh, buy that plane ticket. Yeah, that's, so that's fascinating. And the whole concept, because you know, when you're thinking about events, the larger cannabis trade shows and whatnot, the reason you go, it's like, well, who's going to be on that talk or who's going to be on that? Uh, and so if you could simulate that with tables uh, and so or you know, you'd have guests and the people that are like, why you're going and they would be at a table and that would be their table. I don't know here. And then and then they might leave and do like a panel at one time, but then they could break out and people could actually go from you know, room to room but all virtually. That is an offering that, um, uh, call me Cannabis Business Times or whomever, let's let's build some software. Yeah. Well, Daly, who, who was that one platform that you said you used? Do you remember who it was? Typically partnered with a company called Crowdcast um, for more um, kind of interactive events. We've also partnered with another company called the Compound.io, and that is catered to more bigger scale conference type expos. Um, so they they have like you walk walk in, um, it greets you, and then you can click to go to the auditorium, you can click to go to that panel, or you can click to go to like the, what is it called? The exhibitor hall. That'd be so um, fun. <laughs> Like yeah. just just smoke at your home and just be clicking like you're on a virtual tour. Yeah, I mean because it's just the floor plan. So like the coders just take the floor plans and like, all right. So uh, if my my company, you know, cannabis industry advisor, uh, is one of the the little tables, you know, or you get cannabis legalization news the table, we'd sponsor and somebody be there, be like, hey, don't forget to watch us. Wednesday <laughs> too. Yeah. Have you ever done the uh, trade shows? Uh, yeah, sure. yeah. You, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was asking if you'd uh, ever like tried to promote event.io at the trade shows. It, uh, so it, event high, event high. Right. Yeah. Um, right. So we we don't we have gone we've gotten a couple uh, tables exhibitor tables at these uh, trade shows. We definitely go for more of the networking and one on one meetings. Mm -hmm. um, we are still more in the like a st like startup mode. So for us, like we are mindful of like our like 
budget, but I guess maybe you're also asking how we try to go work with them. Is yeah. that what you're asking? Right, okay. Like, <laughs> have you ever gone and like bought a table and said like, hey, download our app? Because there's so many people that are going through that have like little boutique businesses and they want to like do an infusion and they got like a magic butter machine and they want to make a dinner for somebody, you know, or or whatever their little angle is. They're smaller, you know, more like they, they would be perfect for this type of application. So you might be able to meet a lot of uh, users. That's true. Yeah, we definitely have been to a lot of events. Uh, we've had a couple tables at a few of them. And you're right, we're able to meet brands who are looking for sponsorship opportunities. We're able to meet event goers because they're all there attending an event. So obviously, they like that. And then potentially we meet the event hosts. So it does, it gives us access to all three of the people of the uh, audience that we cater to. The one thing I miss about events is going to be the stack of cards I used to walk away with the business cards. <laughs> And people I would never contact be like, this is a great deal. I'll make content about these guys later. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> uh, shit, I had a question. I just blanked out. I think the business card people are the people that are the most upset about COVID-19. They're like, oh, my business is ruined. I used to print so many of these. Oh, that's definitely paper printing. I had a, a friend that worked in poster for events, and they downsized this company. So it's a trickle, trickle down effect. Yeah, and then the Lakers take some PPP money. Did you see that? <laughs> no. The Lakers took some PPP money. Uh, they have a really good lawyer, huh? Or a banker. They had a really good banker. Um, wonderful banking client. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Event High, does it have, is it only a web-based app, or does it have uh, an app in the stores? Based right now, we are working on an app but the app will be catered first to the uh, attendee or to the event hosts so that they can easily check people in and and uh, utilize that then we'll open it up to uh event goers and brands um and but then, right now we're web web based yeah and then with those uh other two platforms that you work with are you guys also supplying like hey does help you coordinate your event do you to provide that as well with crowdcast yeah we um crowdcast is what we do with Crowdcast is we actually help the event host with the event uh, tech production on the back end. You know, a lot of these smaller event hosts have a lot on their plate already. And uh, this was a way we felt we could actually give back and help. They don't have to learn the technology. We'll be there behind, you know, behind the screen, uh, handling all the tech production, bringing people on camera for you. So you can just focus on creating your event. Nice. Because it is a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. I could only imagine if I was on the other side of it, hosting too. So, Well, it's nice to have Lauren. Like when I do it by myself, I'm sitting here trying to click shit. I'm not very savvy at the same time talking and looking that people are talking to me. You know, I'm just like, ah, two things at one time. That's right. That's right. When I try to go on here, uh, when there's like a news store or something, and I'm sitting there, and you'll hear, because then I'll watch the, the tape later, be like, yeah, I screw this one up. I've screwed up a couple of them. Sometimes I'm okay. And then uh, you'll hear me just clicking my mouse a lot. So like, uh, and so if, if you have somebody who's actually helping you with the produ production of it, I mean, Lauren saves me hours a week easily. Uh, and then also when we, if we could throw up like a, the screen or something and I don't have to be clicking my mouse, then you can't hear it. Just a better user experience, uh, which is very important in software. So what types of steps do you have at Event High that helps uh, update the, the, the platform for your users. On the tech side of things. So from uh, from my end, looking at it from the marketing side, I'll work with the tech team and build out a marketing strategy to get that information in front of the audience. Uh, you know, we have actually different um, email campaigns. We cater one to event hosts that we educate them on hosting events. Now we're educating them on hosting online events. We talk to them about, um, you know, making sure that they are following their state laws uh, when it does come to consumption um, or even cannabis sales. Because um, earlier you guys were, were speaking about that. Um, you know, a lot of these states don't allow cannabis sales. And so we want to make sure we're at least educating um, these event hosts as best as we can. You know, at the end of the day, it's up to them and how they host their event. Um, but we do have to do our own due diligence um, as well and just make sure as best as we can that they're complying uh, with their state laws. So, yeah. 
and then I actually stopped, I stopped talking about the rest. We also have uh, brand sponsorship newsletters and then once you are attendees as well to keep them updated of the software and the updates uh, overall. So, yeah. <laughs> right good. Um, so what, oh, go ahead, bro. I was gonna ask you, you mentioned a marketing plan. So why don't you walk us through some of the steps that you would recommend one of your users who's gonna promote a fairly, uh, Maybe they're trying to get like only 20 people because uh, they're trying to keep it fairly low key because they're going to try to comply with the laws. So there might be some gifting of cannabis, uh, you know, and some selling of stickers, wink, wink, uh, stuff like that. Uh, how would you, you know, tell them to do a marketing plan? First, um, as they are building out the event page, I would guide them to being descriptive going over what the experience is going to be you know if you're going to have speakers or you're going to have a, a chef making appetizers or whatever it is they're going to experience you really want to describe that you know if you're just like oh this event is um to come and network i a i'm not going to really be enticed to go to this event um what does that mean you know it's not really building uh kind of credibility and what the experience is going to be about. So be descriptive in, in the experience that they are going to be experiencing for that event. Um, if there's speakers, you know, highlight those speakers. If there's sponsors, highlight those sponsors that are participating. Now, then when it comes to the actual promotion of it, you know, build out a variety of different, um, you know, marketing images. Um, for social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, um, even for your email campaigns. Create those also for the speakers and brands that are gonna be participating because now you'll have all these different images that you can also share with the brands and speakers that they will now promote your event as well. That's um, revenue stream because I that's the thing that I hate the most. Everybody's like, hey, you wanna go do this? I'm like, yeah, sure. I need a headshot and a whole bunch of action things of you. I'm like, I got nothing, man. I like, like nothing. Uh, and so, like, if you could help people with those types of you know, images, just add like a link to it, you could probably sell that. Yeah. yeah. Well, the images are like the posters, you know, like that's the that's, new that's thing. They have to like see that, you know. And so, like, if you'd be like, oh, uh, have our full service play, you know, just like an upcharge. So it's like an extra $150,000. I don't know what your pricing model is. And, um, uh, you know, I, I just could see that working because that's that's really the difficult part is making sure that it's all integrated as you put it out into the Internet. And then, you know, you should also follow that up. I would if I was going like this is one of my problems. I'm guilty of it as well. I haven't sent out an email to my email list in about three weeks. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's important. Yeah. <laughs> well, I imagine you're. Um... Your website has specs for the images because my, my my buddy put up his image. It cut off on a certain time, like on Thursday. So, uh, well, like Tom's offering, if you offer that package of a poster board for people who are not tech savvy or just not like you know, artistic, like you know, you want me to make you something that says, "Hey, come to this awesome joint rolling class." It's gonna look like a four year old did it. You're gonna be like you misspelled joint, and I'm gonna be like, "Look, I'm sorry. I, I taught myself to write left handed, and then I forgot English." You know. <laughs> Adelia, who was uh, when I first learned about you guys? I did a little research, and on Twitter, you guys posted that uh, one of the charities you worked with said they didn't want to work with you no more. What, what was up with that? Ooh. So, um, we actually reached out to a, a nonprofit organization before we were going to do High Day, um, and we got approval to that. You know that we could donate the funds that we were going to raise to that organization. Um, um, it, uh, I feel bad. I don't. I, I don't want to say. I mean, you guys can research it online and who it was, because um, it's a really good organization. I really do like the organization, but it was just very frustrating. So they said yes that we could donate the funds to them. I honestly think that they didn't think our event was going to be um, promoted a lot or maybe as big as it was or whatnot because. Uh, two days before the event, I actually got an email from um, their. She, she was their chief. Sir, but somebody up pretty high who said, um, I'm sorry, we can no longer, you know, this is not, uh, we cannot accept the funds that for this event, you have to take our logo off, like all these different things. Wow. And then I went back to her, I showed her the conversations, I showed her 
um, that we, you know, we don't, we didn't just do it. Like we wanted to make sure because we've seen this happen before where organizations don't take the funds from cannabis um, organizations. And yeah. so um, we did, you know, our, we connected the dots on our end. Um, she apologized and it was just frustrating because, you know, we are a small team. We've been promoting all of that, like them and the event. And then we didn't want to also like to now announce this to everybody that, hey, sorry, we're not going to now, we have to find somebody else that we can work with and uh, they don't want to work with us anymore. It, it can draw questions like why? Why don't you know? If you're yeah. not used to the industry and know that this is a common thing, um, it can create a little bit of, of questionability. Um, so it was very disappointing uh, and, and frustrating to go through that. Um, but we were able to move forward and, um, you know, move forward with another organization. And we actually got such a response back with all these other organizations that now um, are able that we could work with or share with other companies that are looking to donate to um, nonprofits oh, that nice. will nice. cater to this space. Yeah. They're not cater. We'll accept funds from this space. Yeah. Cause when I do the, the applications for the teams, I'm always like, okay guys, let's show you how we needed these nonprofits. Okay. Now we're going to identify and we're going to say we want to give them money, but we're going to be really, really wishy-washy about it. And we're going to kind of use them as examples because you don't know when C-Sweet Susie's going to come up and be like, oh, no, no, we don't want their cannabis money. And then you don't want to like be too overcommitted. And then you have to go to the state and be like, hey, uh, we need to amend our application because the application's conditionally. And and then we and so we I'll email uh, the, the clients like, you know, uh, letters or not letters, articles from like Marijuana Business Magazine or something that explains these types of uh, returns of donations from like little league teams and whatnot. So I'm usually telling them to, to focus and prioritize those most in need because if they prioritize those most in need, they're usually the least likely to send back the money because they, they really need it. So like, you know, usually uh, substance abuse and, and food kitchens and stay away from kids and religion. Yeah. So it was just a, definitely a, a good learning lesson. I mean, but again, we followed, you know, we did our own due diligence. We thought we got it all good, but yeah. it happens. So it's just know. unfortunate that it does happen that it's prejudice, man. It's just prejudice. Yeah. But charities are rejecting free money. Like you're a fucking charity. Like that's the money goes to help you not Rico. You mentioned kids. And that was the thing. It was, it was a, to help uh, provide food for kids. So that, I guess could be the thing on our end. Maybe we shouldn't have catered to one that did that. But again, it's like if I was a parent knowing that I turned away money, freaking child. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. It's uh, this this harmless plant. But meanwhile, uh, if I had a little league game, I could probably get a Bud Light. You know uh, what yeah. the heck is this? Yeah. That's the unfortunate truth, the rat. Adelia, thank you so much for coming on and uh, talking about your story and sharing uh, Event High with everybody. Uh, where can we go to find and follow you guys at Event High? Is it www.eventhigh.io? And it's like, hi, hello. Uh, we're also on Instagram and all the other social media platforms. Same thing at eventhigh.io. Awesome. We'll drop those links in the description. Uh, thanks for joining us and thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you on Sunday for a conversation with the co-founder of International Church of Canvas. It's going to be an inter interesting discussion about cannabis and religion. So make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with that and all cannabis legalization news. We'll see you on Sunday.